Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It's Sunday. I hope your weekend's going very, very well wherever you're watching or listening to this episode around the world. We are just one day away now from Arsenal returning to Premier League action. Feels like it's been a long wait, isn't it? We've still got Sunday to get through Manchester Derby to keep us entertained. Hoping, probably without very much expectation, that Manchester United might be able to do Arsenal a favour at the Etihad. Like I said, not much expectation that that will actually happen. Uh, Nottingham Forest, so, so close to doing Arsenal a favour yesterday against Liverpool. But then the referee and Nottingham Forest themselves managed to sort of combine and muck it up and give Liverpool three very valuable points for them in the title race. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in today's show. Got plenty to talk about. Got lots of questions and comments from you guys. Uh, Mikel Arteta has responded to Rio Ferdinand's comments that he would 100% leave Manchester, uh, leave Arsenal for Manchester United. Uh, didn't, when I say responded, he kind of skirted the issue and turned it around onto pundits as a whole and how we view pundits in this country and how we view what they say. But it was interesting nonetheless, I thought. Um, so he spoke about that. He spoke about kind of the difference with Arsenal this season going into this game against Sheffield United. And he kind of compared it to the Southampton game, who at the time last season, when Arsenal in that title run, the th- title run, the 3-3 draw, when Arsenal went up against Southampton, who were right at the bottom of the table. And... Um, that three-three draw happened, and he's kind of compared where Arsenal are now to where they are to where they are were then. So to look at that, um, and uh, yeah, a few other things to talk about as well. So let's get started. We'll start with Mikel's reaction to what Rio Ferdinand had to say. Now, if you were kind of living under a rock and you hadn't noticed what Rio said last uh, well, was a few weeks ago, now wasn't it? He, he kind of said it on his YouTube channel. Whether he actually meant it, I don't know. But he turned a bit, he turned a bit sort of fan fan TV channel rather than serious football pundit uh for whatever reason when he just clearly 
made up a load of rubbish that uh, saying that Mikel Arteta would 100% leave Manchester United for Arsenal. Not going to happen. Obviously, it kind of felt like he was trying to wind up his mates or something like that. But it was, a, yeah, just a, a ridiculous comment. Um, and just clearly not true. And Mikel was actually asked about it during his press conference on Thursday. It was part of the embargoed section. So not you wouldn't have seen it on the live bit when uh, it goes out on the cameras. It goes out sort of staggered after that. The cameras get turned off and we ask questions. It gets embargoed for later on. So it gives sort of fresh stuff for the newspapers to run in the build-up to the game so Sunday morning Monday morning there's new quotes coming out and this is so this came out last night went out live at 10 30 and was in today's newspapers and uh, he was asked about Ferdinand's comments and whether he'd heard them and whether he agreed with them and whether they were true and he said no I think it's part of our job that we are exposed to the media to the pundits and they have their opinions the only thing is that we normally highlight the ones that are not very positive so we highlight a lot of the time when they say great things um so, so we highlight a lot of the time when they say great things make great comments and great points these are the things said like in a really good way and with a vision of someone who has the experience I think if we do this it is much better sometimes though we focus too much on the negative views and I thought they were quite interesting because he's probably he's right really I suppose when pundits say good things and when they do some good analysis and it doesn't really become a story it's just like oh yeah that was good that was that was that was very very detailed but when they say anything bad or controversial or something that generates a big talking point obviously then that gets turned into stories and people like me I suppose sort of pick up on it and talk about it and and it is he is right I suppose maybe we should focus on the good things that they say but but then I was thinking about it I probably we probably don't need to focus on the good things there because that is their job when they do their job well and when they analyze things really really well and they sort of refrain from becoming the story which I think more and more these big tv pundits you know and I'm not you know, proper football pundits like Ferdinand like Neville like Carragher you know players who've been in the game for years and years really experienced players who got to the very very top level who are now the pundits um they're becoming the story more and more and again maybe that's people like my fault and maybe it's the media's fault and we 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 give them too much credence what they say and we give them too much publicity of what they say but I go back to what happened in the cup final last weekend with Gary Neville's comments about Chelsea being the billion pound bottlers and it was just he made himself the story with that one comment rather than the rather than the story suddenly being football and Liverpool and a trophy win and whatever it suddenly felt like the story became Gary Neville and what he said and that was what Pochettino was having to answer after the game and that's what opinion pieces were being written on and what headlines were being made on and just finding it more and more and it was the same with what Ferdinand had to say about Arteta it was so ridiculous that it was just clearly not right and yet he still said it and he still used his huge platform to say it and I just thought it was really really odd and um, so as much as Arteta says here you know maybe we should focus on the good things in a way I think he's right but I also think they, they they do need to be pulled up at times for just talking rubbish. And this was just clearly rubbish. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, let me know what your thoughts on it are. I think it's a really interesting debate. You know, do, should we just totally ignore what they say? Or because they are such big names and they do carry much, so much weight that it's very, very hard to ignore what they say. And as I said, increasingly, it feels like they are becoming the story or trying to make themselves the story with these often kind of throwaway remarks, but remarks that carry an awful lot of weight, like what Ferdinand said, and like what Gary Neville said about Chelsea in the cup final. So let me know your thoughts on it in the uh, in the comments below. Mikel's also been talking a lot about, in the build-up to tomorrow's game, about, uh, he was he was asked about the the young 
players in a team have all signed new contracts. So Saka, Odegaard, Gabriel, you know, Martinelli, all those sort of players. And um, what the sort of renewals mean and why the club was so keen to do it. And, you know, obviously that, there's an easy answer to that because they're very good players and you want to keep your players. But I thought some of the responses to it were, were interesting, especially this one. He said, we know with those players that their tummies are still very empty because they haven't won a lot and they want to improve. That's part of the reason why we wanted to renew because we knew that it's something that could be motivating to them and it gives them reassurance. It's also an incentive to continue doing what they're doing. That's not going to stop them from being willing to be better and to improve because they're still so young and have so much to do. And this Arsenal team it is hungry. And I think these players, when Mikel says their tummies are still empty, you know, they haven't won anything and they want to win something and they want to win something together and with this group at, at this club. And that could be such an important driving force in getting over Arsenal over the line, whether it be this season or next season, hopefully this season. But if it's not, then next season. Keeping this core group together who are so desperate to do things together, I think is a really big thing. And it's a really big motivating factor for them in terms of why they signed, why they believe in the project and also why Arsenal were so convinced in you know getting these guys tied down to long-term contracts. And I love that. Arteta, he loves that line, doesn't he? The word tummies. I don't think I've, I hear anyone in the world anymore call, say the word tummies apart from again. Arteta, he seems to say it every other week now. But I thought this was this was a, a really good um, uh, a really good point. And I think what we're seeing with Arsenal, certainly since the turn of the year, since they've got this form going, is they just look really, really hungry and they look determined to kind of try and go one better than last season. Ultimately, well, you know, it's going to be very, very tough and we're going to have to wait and see if they can manage to do it. But I think there is certainly a motivating factor there. And you, when you hear some of the players talk, you know, even Declan Rice, who wasn't here last season, but witnessed it and watched it all unfold and had players, you know, friends in that dressing room and he's learned about it since he arrived at the club. You hear him talk and he talks about how last season could be, um, you know, it's going to be a real motivating factor for Arsenal over this title running. So I thought that was interesting from, from Mikel. And he also talked about, the sort of comparisons between playing Sheffield United on Monday night, the the team bottom of the table, and then going back to that Southampton game right in the middle of the title running last season after Arsenal had drawn at West Ham and drawn at Liverpool. And then, you know, it was, ended up being 3-3 and it was a game before the match at the Etihad. And basically this was the one when it was pretty much rubber stamped that Man City were going to win the league unless Arsenal did something spectacular at the Etihad, which of course they didn't. Um, and he was asked, you know, is that Southampton game going to kind of be playing in your mind going into Sheffield United on Monday night. And it's what you had to say. That Southampton was a really big one. We were still topping that period. Then there was a result that came afterwards, the 4-1 to City. We will touch base. It means we'll talk to, talk to the players about it. But you have to see how they train every day and what the talk was after Newcastle. They all said the same. Now we have Sheffield. It's a big match for us and they are ready for it. I think where we are now, we deserve to be. But we could probably be a little bit better in terms of points than we've deserved in the league. But to do it consecutively for two seasons, apart from being in the Champions League, that is another step that makes the challenge more difficult alongside the amount of injuries that we've had. I think we are doing good, but we want to be better. That's for sure. So, yeah, when he talks about, you know, Arsenal have used previous experiences very, very well. I think this group of players have used it very well. I think Arteta has used it very, very well. Again, when I go back to the motivation, motivating factor in things, you look at previous bad results at places where Arsenal have then gone and avenged those bad results the following season and how they've used them to really get themselves up for games. And I think they'll certainly draw sort of look back in the build-up to tomorrow night's game, Mikel and the coaching staff will point them back to this Southampton game. So you cannot take Sheffield United lightly. Yes, you should win. Yes, you're the better team. Yes, you're in good form. They are not. But this is a Premier League and anything can happen. And you'll point to what happened in that Southampton game, which I think all of us will be scarred for a very, very long, very long time about what happened that night at the Etihad against Southampton last season. And Arsenal have to ensure they don't fall into a similar sort of trap 
when they go to Bramall Lane on Monday night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right, quickly then. Talking about what happened last night, uh, yesterday at the city ground, obviously Liverpool getting that late, late win, 99th minute goal from Darwin Nunes. As soon as I saw eight minutes of injury time, I knew what was going to happen. I was sitting around my dinner table, eating dinner with my kids and my wife, scrolling on my phone, just waiting, just refreshing Twitter, just waiting to see full time, full time, nil, 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 nil. And I said about a minute beforehand, I said, Liverpool going to score. They're definitely going to score. I know it's going to happen. And, um, and then it did. And I've shouted and I actually generally scared my son. He was like, you scared me because I shouted. I was like, no. But you know, it just felt inevitable as soon as I saw eight minutes of stoppage time that Liverpool were going to do it. They've done it so many times this season and they did it again. It was a controversial goal, no doubt about it. It shouldn't have happened. The referee, Paul Tierney, made a massive, massive error. That's obvious for everyone who knows football. If anyone knows the rules, it's a massive error. And it's already proven that it is a massive error. But having said that, Nottingham Forest, just clear your lines. Yes, you have every right to feel aggrieved. This drop ball should have gone to you. That would have meant that the goal would never happen. The ball would have been down the other end of the pitch. You could have possibly got something out of it, maybe a corner for yourselves rather than suddenly having to be defending a corner a few seconds later. But having said that, the ball bounces around in your penalty area. In the 99th minute, you've got a nil-nil draw to protect against the top, ta- top of the table team. Just hoof it clear. Don't try and play out from the back play it out from the penalty area, such a congested penalty area. Just get the ball clear. They didn't, and then we all know what happened. To be fair to Liverpool, it was brilliant after that. It was a brilliant assist from McAllister. It was a brilliant header from Nunes, and it was three massive, massive points for them. But from an Arsenal point of view, from a Manchester City point of view, oh, you look at that goal, and it is so, so frustrating. But it is the Premier League. It is never over until it's over. We see so many late goals scored now in the Premier League. Arsenal have done it. Liverpool have done it. Spurs did it again yesterday. Aston Villa did it again yesterday. It just continues to happen. You look at the league table now. Liverpool have a four-point lead over Man City. Five over Arsenal. Obviously, City and Arsenal still to play this weekend. So, we'll see how those uh, results go. But Liverpool marching on. And it's going to go right to the wire. We're going to have these ups and downs. We're going to have these dramatic moments. It's going to happen. It's just about who holds their nerves and who makes sure they do not have the slip-ups that I think all the other teams involved in this title race are hoping for. And for a long time yesterday, it felt like Liverpool were going to do that and we're going to have one of those slip-ups. But not to be, they got the points. Uh, quickly, a couple of little bits of news before we move on to your questions and comments. Brazil have announced their squad for the upcoming international break. Gabriel Martinelli's in it. Gabriel uh, Magales is in it. But no, Gabriel Jesus, he has been left out. Whether it remains the same, we'll have to wait and see because I see Richarlison has been called up there in the squad, but Richarlison's obviously injured. So I don't know if that's going to change things or not. And Jesus might get a late call up. We'll see the games are against England at Wembley and then against Spain. 
as well. So no massive trips over to South America for Brazil this time, but they do have that game against Spain, which I've mentioned a couple of times now with uh, with Rodri uh, to come through. So hopefully they can. But yeah, no Gabriel Jesus, which I think is a good thing for, for Arsenal. Obviously, he's not played yet since his injury. I'm sure he probably will tomorrow night, whether that be from the start or from the substitutes bench. We'll have to wait and see. But I think it's a good thing for, for Arsenal and Jesus. You can keep him here. You can continue to work on him. And then hopefully he should be fully fit and ready to go for the match at the Etihad immediately after the international break. And uh, yeah, another sellout for the Arsenal women today in the North London derby against Spurs. 12.30pm kickoff today. Second successive sellout at the Emirates. Unbelievable. Just fantastic support following on from the game against Chelsea last time out. It is live on the BBC. If you didn't manage to get a ticket, um, which obviously a lot of people probably didn't because they've all gone they've all gone so quickly and all sold out, you will be able to watch it live on BBC today. So good luck to Arsenal women in the North London derby. Fantastic once again. Arsenal leading the way when it comes to support in the WSL. Brilliant, brilliant to see. Right, moving on to some of your questions and comments. Now, this is all in response to what I was talking about yesterday when I was raising the question, should Gabriel Jesus start on Monday night? Should he come straight into the starting lineup or off the bench? I did say, by the way, during this, that I probably think he should start off the bench for this one, get 20, 30 minutes on it. I think a lot of you have taken it as if me saying he should start. I don't think he should. I think you, I think ultimately I was asking the question, but I think probably 20, 30 minutes off the bench uh, is a good thing. Uh, here's some of your responses. The line, he says, Gabriel Jesus is the best false nine in the squad by a long way. I don't have a problem bleeding him, uh, blending him back into one of the Havertz Trossard rotation roles. But when he gets back to full fitness, he has to start, particularly against Porto. Party needs to get 15 minutes off the bench. We are going to need them for all the congested April-May games. Uh, Adventurer Wannabe says, why does a fit Jesus not get benched by Havertz or Trossard? We have finally started scoring loads of goals once Jesus went out of the team. It's the same case as last season when Trossard came in for him. Then when Jesus came back, our attack dried out again. And Neil says, I would play Jesus from the bench for now. Keep Trossard on. We are clicking right now. Remember last season, our team went from clicking to not when he came back from injury. Is it coincidence or is it something there? Why should Jesus start, says Adam. Um, Adam, sorry, it looks like. Why should Jesus start? He's back from a little break and the team is doing very well at the moment. So why not go with the already performing team and bring Jesus on in the 70th minute to get some game time? We should not take chances in these up-and-coming games because any little mistake and we are out of the title race. Jesus must fight for his spot as any other player. Look, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, one thing I will bring up, though, when you're saying, obviously, I think when he came into the side last season, maybe it did impact Arsenal a little bit. They were playing well. Suddenly he came back into the side and the results went against Arsenal. But I think in those games that they went against Arsenal, they still scored plenty of goals. They scored two against um West Ham, they scored two at Liverpool. Jesus scored in both of those games. They scored three against Southampton. The problem was they were conceding goals in those games. They conceded, obviously, two, two at West Ham, two at Liverpool, three against Southampton. So although you can point to Jesus's return and the timing of it, I also think the, the biggest difference was and the biggest um, thing that cost Arsenal in those games was defensively, they weren't keeping goals out. And had they done that, they would have won those games pretty, pretty comfortably because they scored enough goals to win those games. Um uh, Lorca Music says, why is no one talking about Ollie Watkins as a potential number nine option in the summer? He's clinical and seems exactly the type of player we need to convert the type of chances we create. Two more goals for Ollie Watkins yesterday. Brilliant goals as well. Great finishes against Luton in that very, very late win uh, that looked like Villa had thrown away two points, but they got it right at the end with uh, Lucas Digne scoring that goal in the 89th minute. Yeah, look, Watkins, fantastic player, having an amazing season, only comparable to Erling Haaland really in his numbers this year in terms of goals and assists and goal contributions. Uh, he's over the 20 goal mark already. 
why is no one talking about him? I think just because it would be such a hard deal to do. It would be so expensive. It would be Premier League club to Premier League club. It would be Premier League club with a lot of money in Aston Villa. And they do. They've got owners who are backing them and have got plenty of money. He signed a, relative, a new contract relatively recently. He's an England international. Villa might be in the Champions League next season. It would take a mammoth bid, I would imagine, for Villa to even consider parting ways with Ollie Watkins. Uh, given the traje- trajectory the club is on, so I just think it's an impossible one to really do. I, I mean, what would you, what would Villa take for Ollie Watkins, who's you know getting on a bit now in terms of age as well? You know, he's not twenty-two. You know, they're probably you're probably looking about hundred, I don't know, hundred and fifty million. I don't think there's any way they would accept hundred million pounds. So you're probably looking at hundred and fifty million for Ollie Watkins. Would Arsenal do that? I just don't think so. So I think that's why no one's talking about it because no one really thinks it's a viable option. I mean, he's a massive Arsenal fan, so you know. Um, that would be good. But, and it, he's mentioned before, it'd be his dream to play for Arsenal, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, Mohammed here says, Hey, Charles, I've asked this question a few times. Would appreciate if you could answer it. By the way, love your daily show, mate. Thank you. Uh, could Arsenal upgrade the stadium to 70 to 80,000, or would we have to move for us to increase the capacity? Just feels like the Emirates is too small for a club, for us as a club. So I can never get tickets and only ever won the ballot uh, once all season. Uh, no, as far as I'm aware, there is no, you know, it was a big thing about when Arsenal built the Emirates was, it was agreed with Islington Council at the time. It was never going to be able to go above 60,000. I think the roof makes it almost impossible anyway, even if they wanted to. Um, and there are, you know, rules and regulations stopping it happening. I think 60,000 has always been the number and there there would be no plans. It would be virtually impossible. I think if they wanted to expand and make it bigger, they'd basically have to move, which is not going to happen because it's less than, less than 20 years old right now. So I think it's 60,000 to stay, unfortunately, Mohammed. Uh, Jay Melton says, uh, Charles, are you not worried about White's minutes having carried an injury already this season? I, tough one. No, I'm not overly because he just looks so fit and healthy now and he's playing so well. And also Timber and Tommy Asu are both coming back and won't be too far away. So I think Arsenal are suddenly going to have a lot more options to be able to place Ben White if needed in games and give him a breather if needed over the run-in. So no, he's such a durable player. Even when he was injured, you know, he was still playing over and over again. Um uh, but right now he just looks really, really fit and healthy. So no, I have to say I'm not. I'd be more worried if it didn't look like T- Timber and Tommy Asu were coming back relatively soon. But um, but no, I have to say at the moment, of all my worries about the Arsenal squad, Ben White's probably not uh, not towards the top of those list of worries. Uh, the Onyx Lens here says, Charles, does Arteta come out and watch the Arsenal small-sided games at the subs take part in? What coaches take them through the warm-down session? Does Arteta gain insight from those games as to who is ready to come into the team? You said it's pretty intense. Yeah, it is pretty intense. He does. Well, I say he doesn't. I have seen him out there a couple of times, but this is always the the, the small side of games I talk about with the subs doing the warm downs always takes place while Arteta is doing his media duties after games. So when he's doing his press conferences or TV interviews or radio interviews, the subs come out and do the warm down then. So he's not really around. Occasionally, I do see him pop out there and he does, does go and have a look, but it's normally Albert Soivenberg and it's Miguel Molina. But of course, they will feed all their input that they get from those small side of games back to Mikel Arteta and it's probably filmed as well I'm just guessing at that point but it is probably filmed uh, a couple more before I end uh, Denlar says hi Charles question about the future do you see Jorginho becoming a coach when he retires and if so would you like to see him at Arsenal hopefully alongside Arteta keep up the good work well look here's a recent Instagram picture from Jorginho when he's uh, just past his UEFA B license so he's uh, he's working a lot behind the scenes at Arsenal he's been doing training with the kids at Hale End working towards his coaching badges so he clearly has ambitions to become a coach or certainly to, would allow him to become a coach if he wanted to pursue that um, 
and yes, I do see him becoming a manager. I look at him, I listen to him, I see what he's like just on the touchline when he's warming up as a substitute. He's always constantly coaching through. He's got a football brain, just appears like he's a player who's tailor-made to become a coach. Whether it ends up happening and he's successful, we'll have to wait and see. But if you ask me right now if I think he will, then yes. Would I want him at Arsenal? <laughs> Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm quite happy with Mikel at the moment. Uh, and Blake says, hi, Charles, in regards to your child's ninja class, what on earth is a ninja class? And this was in response to me yesterday saying I was rushing out during the day to take my kid to a ninja class. It is, I don't know, you've seen the TV program Ninja Warrior, you know, when they do all those assault courses sort of stuff and swinging around and jumping around and that sort of stuff. It's basically that for kids. Um, it's a gymnastics class. My, my daughter does gym, a normal gymnastics class and then the group of boys get taken off to the other side of the, the hall when they do ninja class where they just swing around. It's just an excuse for them to jump around and land on things, do monkey bars and that sort of stuff. And uh, So yeah, it's called Ninja, but it's based on Ninja Warrior UK or Ninja Warrior wherever you are in the world and you have those shows of people competing and those, uh, those assault courses. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching or listening. Appreciate your time. As always, do a very good end to your weekend wherever you are. And I'll be back tomorrow to preview that big, big game against Sheffield United tomorrow night. Till then, have a great day. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.